Hello, everybody, and welcome to the All Nine Yards podcast. We're back to back weeks. This has never been done since last September. So obviously, New Year, New Me. And because it's New Year, New Me, I had to finally get a guest on this podcast. I'm here with Caleb Arthur, the host of the Untitled Sports Show. Say what's up, Caleb. Hey, everybody. Caleb is a Titans fan, so we will try to refrain from Titans slander on this episode of the podcast, but you never know. It's, uh, it's a football discussion. Some slander could get thrown in there. Uh, today will be all about the, uh, the offseason and the teams that are no longer in contention for the Super Bowl. We'll be assigning names to, uh, names to teams for the uh, NFL head coaching carousel, including teams like Detroit, the Chargers, Jets, Jags, Falcons, Texans, and Eagles. And we'll be doing some dueling mock drafts for the top 15 picks in March. So let's start out with the NFL head coaching carousel. Caleb, who have you gone with with your pick for Detroit's head coaching position? Well, Detroit was a tough one because I think it's the least attractive job. As long as Deshaun Watson is on the Texans, I think the Lions is the least attractive job. So I don't know. I was going to say Robert Sala, but the thing is, he's had a lot of smoke around the Jets. So this is a totally, total flyer. I hit, I hit, I put, uh, I put Doug Peterson. Wow. I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's certainly interesting. I mean, Doug Peterson, he's, he's a Super Bowl winning head coach. And you don't, you don't get that. You don't really get that in abundance around the NFL. There's only, what, there's only like three or three or four in the NFL right now who have, who have won a Super Bowl. Um, so he, he's definitely, he probably will be a hot commodity. I think the issue in Philadelphia was ownership, not him. So I wouldn't be surprised if he got a job. I've actually gone with, I've gone with your first, the first name you dropped, which is Robert Sala. Um, I think Detroit in the past has just tended to go with defensive coaches, um, and then work with an OC to run their offense. And I don't think that trend will buck. I mean, Sala is probably the, probably the best defensive coach on the market right now. Detroit prides itself on being an, um, on being a good defensive team and they have a lot of talent. They definitely have a lot of first round picks on that side of the ball. So I, I Sala makes the most, most sense for me. Turning on to the Chargers, possibly the best job. Uh, I will say mine after you say yours, but I think, I think this one may surprise some people. Yeah, I totally agree. I think despite the Chiefs being in their division, I'd still definitely say the Chargers are the best job. So best job I went with who I think is the best candidate, Brian Dable, Bill's offensive coordinator. I think that's a very good pairing. I think Josh Allen and Justin Herbert have some similarities, so I think that'd be a really good fit. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me. I've gone with another pretty hot offensive name. I've actually gone with Eric Bieniemy. There's been a lot of reports uh, this today and this past week that that he's his name is really heating up on this coaching market. He's part of the Andy Reid coaching tree, which has seen a lot of success in the last few years. Um, so I think I think he's definitely going to one of these teams. It's just a matter of who. Um, I have Dayball going to a different team that uh, that I'll explain later. But I think that I think that the Chargers have the most talent at quarterback, uh, minus the Texans. But I doubt Watson's going to be on the team um, out of all of these teams. So I think Bieniemy is probably going to be their first choice. So I wouldn't be surprised if that team with Bieniemy at the helm and Herbert playing QB makes the playoffs next year. I mean, it'll be a tight division, but I certainly think there's a chance. Uh, moving on to the Jets, another job with a lot of cap space, but a question mark at QB. I have actually gone with Greg Roman here. This this might surprise some people, 
But uh, but Roman's whole MO is he's really successful running quarterbacks. He worked really, really well with Colin Kaepernick and got him to an elite level before moving on to Baltimore. And he's done super well with Lamar Jackson since they drafted him. And I think with the Jets draft position hovering around two and with the impressive performances of field so far through the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised if they look for someone like Roman to get a running quarterback like Fields acclimated to the NFL. Although Roman doesn't present much of a high ceiling to me. He seems to be like a low floor, low, uh, high floor, low ceiling guy. I don't know if they're going to get very far with him, but he'd be a good starting candidate for the entire rebuild that's going to go through that organization. Caleb, who have you gone for the Jets job? The Jets, I went with Robert Sala. I know you had him for Detroit. I literally only picked him for the Jets because it seems like there's a lot of smoke on from people's sources within the NFL that he's the most likely option. I don't know, though. I think they need a culture kind of rebuild. And I would say now that we know, like Matt Campbell has said, he's not going to go to the NFL. And I don't think Lincoln Riley would go to the Jets. I think he's probably the best culture builder that's not one of those like high college guys. So I think that makes a good fit. Yeah, that's that makes some sense. Um, I would just I I was thinking about that too, but my thought comes back to there. They need a quarterback, and with the with the stacked quarterback class that this year has, I think they're going to put a priority on getting someone who can work with that quarterback from like day one, and that's why I went for Robin. But I think yeah, you're right, Salah. There's definitely a lot of smoke behind him um, being the Jets coach, so I wouldn't be surprised if that's what it went. If that's what they ended up going with because he certainly can build kind of that. He can definitely win the locker room the most out of all these guys. Um, speaking of a struggling team that starts with a J, my next one up on the list is the Jacksonville Jaguars. I've gone with another big surprise here, Caleb, but I'd like to see who you pick first. I went with Urban Meyer. I don't know. I mean, it's interesting because over like the past couple of days, it's like now it's gotten to the point where people are saying he's already assembled a staff. So it's like, well, mm-hmm. then it kind of seems likely. I think it would make sense for him. I think Trevor Lawrence is obviously a good quarterback. You can start with him from the beginning of his NFL career, so you can kind of mold him. And um, it's going to be – I think I think the AFC South is still one of the most winnable divisions out there because it doesn't have a dominant team like the Chiefs mm-hmm. or the Bills or anything like that. So I think that would be a good fit, and there's a lot of smoke behind it. Yeah, that would that would undoubtedly be a really, really good fit. Um, my just concern is like, will Urban Meyer actually go to the NFL? Obviously, all the reports from Schefter and Rappaport and those kind of guys is that like the Jags want Meyer a lot. And he's probably in terms of like talent level, he's probably the best coach. Like on this, like he's basically succeeded everywhere he went. Like he's he's kind of that's my my worry with college guys is they don't actually build great cultures and they're like a little bit toxic especially when it comes to like the pro guys, like they might do good with kids they have for like four years. But if you get to like a pro level, you might struggle. But I mean, Urban Meyer would be a great choice. I just, I have doubts about him actually going to the NFL. Like if he hasn't been medically cleared to coach at two colleges, high level colleges of that, like how, how will he handle being an NFL coach? And I just think that'll come down and that'll be Urban Meyer's decision, not really the Jags decision. Um, I've actually gone with a former Jacksonville quarterback. I've gone with Brian Leftwich. Leftwich is the uh, OC of the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and all the reports in the NFL say he's got a charisma about him. He is quite a good locker room builder. Um, I think that because he's a former Jacksonville quarterback, a lot of people in that building are going to like him. Um, And because he's a former quarterback, he can work really well with Trevor Lawrence. He's done pretty well with Tom Brady so far this year. 
Um, I think he's certainly a name to watch out for. I mean, if he if he's getting a job at all, it's going to the Jags. Like he's not going anywhere else, I don't think, because he's got a pretty good job in Tampa Bay. But to me, he's a lot like enemy where he's not like the primary play caller in the offense, but he's still like a really smart offensive mind. Um, so I think that he could definitely do some damage if uh, if he went to Jacksonville, especially with the Trevor Lawrence at his disposal. Um, staying in the South, we uh, we take up one state to Georgia and more specifically to the Atlanta Falcons, the team known for choking. And they certainly do a lot of that. But they're, uh, they're also in a tough spot. They don't have much cap space. They have Matt Ryan on a massive contract, Julio Jones on a massive contract. Uh, so it's not looking great for them for the future, but they do have some pretty good youngins in, uh, in Calvin Ridley and uh, A.J. Terrell. So I've gone with a pretty conservative pick here, Caleb, but, uh, but where, where have you gone uh, on this one? Well, like you said, their cap situation isn't great, but man, they still have a good amount of talent on that team. And it's not a four and 12 roster. It's just not. And we've seen that with their second half antics, but I went with Eric the enemy. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense. Get an offensive guy in there, maybe squeeze a little juice out of Matt Ryan, whatever he has left in him. I think he could do some good things with, Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. And I just, I don't know, like with the Texans, I know Deshaun Watson wants him. I don't know if he's going to be there. So I don't know if Eric Bieniemy would want to go there. Cause if you take out Deshaun Watson, the Falcons is a much better job. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's yeah. I, I could see that. I mean, again, it's like, it's an off, he's an offensive guy. They have, a, they have a top heavy roster in terms of offensive talent. Um, I really wouldn't be surprised if they traded Matt Ryan this offseason. I think they're kind of in a teardown mode. I could see Julio, honestly, like a bit of a bold prediction here. I could see Julio and Matt Ryan both going to the Niners in like a mega trade where Julio and Matt Ryan both go to the Niners for like Jimmy G, Debo Samuel, and like two firsts. Like that, I could totally see that happening. Um, uh, yeah, they, they have a lot of age on their roster, but like you said, it's, it's not a four and 12 roster. They probably would have won a lot more games if they knew how to like pick up onside kicks and not score, which sounds ironic, but it's true. Um, I've gone actually with their interim guy. I've gone, I've gone with Arthur Morris. Uh, the team seems to be playing more as a unit since he took over uh, after Dan Quinn got fired. I think he's, he's a smart coach and he's a good guy to like get them to, if they tear it down, he's a good guy to get them off the ground. Similar to Greg Roman, like he might not be their coach in four years, but he'll be a good coach for like the next two years when well not if or when they trade all their their big contracts and their good guys and they start from the beginning they start from uh from the ground level so i i've gone with arthur morris he, yeah he's their interim guy right now and i think he he again he's similar to uh to leftwich where i don't think he's going anywhere in the nfl if it's not to like one specific team like if he doesn't go to the falcons he's not going anywhere but uh but yeah i've gone with him for uh for this for this job especially considering that that division is going to be tough for the next few years with uh, new orleans and with tampa bay and and even with carolina with matt rule and uh, joe brady who are both great coaches um moving on to the texans and speaking of joe brady they've interviewed him a lot over this process but uh but i actually have not gone with uh with joe brady for this texans head coaching position i've gone with marvin lewis this is a podcast so you can't see my background on the zoom but i actually have a joe burrow hang- jersey hanging right behind me so i'm a pretty big Bengals fan 
And I can tell you, Marvin Lewis was not a very good coach in his last few years in Cincinnati, but he's really, really good at getting a team off the ground. I'm like kind of hammering this home with Roman and with Morris. Lewis is the perfect guy for this situation. I think they definitely trade. They definitely trade Watson. I think this is getting to the point where Watson will probably refuse to play. So based on all the reports that I'm seeing. So Lewis is a great guy to bring in there. He's a defensive guy. You can work with JJ Watt, maybe get him back to like his depoy uh, potential. And he's great at building at building a team up from the brink. Like the Bengals were trash when he came in. I mean, they're pretty trash now, but the Bengals were like two and 14, two and 14. They were a disaster. He came in. Yes, he didn't win a playoff game, but he went to the playoffs like five or six years in a row. Uh, I think he's he's the right man for this job. He's he's again, he's like a high floor, low ceiling guy. Like he won't take you very far, but he'll get you to the position where you can pass him off to a younger, better coach. Uh, who have you gone for this Houston job? Well, you got me all excited talking about Joe Blady. I thought we were going to have a close match. I have <laughs> Joe Blady. And the main reason is because, like you said, I also think Deshaun Watson, there's not much of a chance he's going to be there. So I said, well, I don't think a really a guy with a lot of experience and history behind him is going to want to take that job. Is not going to be a good one. So I think Joe Blady, he's young. He's unproven. I think he's going to be the only type of person that's going to be willing to take that job. So I, I went with them, whatever quarterback, if they get like two or something, I think they, yeah. that could work with Joe Brady. We know we saw what he did with Joe Burrow. It was wild. It was very good. And um, so I think that would be a good fit. I think he can build, really improve the roster and give it some juice. So I went with Joe Brady. Yeah, I mean that he's he's been interviewed by I I think at least three teams so far. Like he's definitely one of the hottest names on the market. He would be a great fit here in Texas, especially with Tua. I would be really interested to see what he could do with Tua. I've just gone with Marvin Lewis. I've kind of gone with like a safe one here. For the Eagles, however, I have got this is the last team. I'm from Philadelphia, so I'm also a bit of an Eagles fan in addition to my Bengals fandom. It's complicated, I know. But I've gone with a guy who in the end I don't think this will happen because the Eagles are undoubtedly one of the worst jobs i mean the owner the owner's incompetent because he lets his he lets his right hand man howie roseman like basically run the team i mean it's just the roster is a disaster they have a quarterback controversy they have no cap space but i think if the only way the eagles are gonna win next year is if they stick with once and they try to get him back to where he was i think it would be better for the franchise long term if they traded once and honestly traded hurts and drafted a qb um, but I think just based on like a prediction that I want to get right, not necessarily thinking if it's the right idea, I've gone with Brian DeBall or whoever you say his name, the Buffalo OC, because watching, watching Josh Allen and the Colts, I'm not the Colts, the Texans, not the Texans, bro. The bills play the Colts on Saturday in, in Allen's performance. He just seems to be like what Wentz was supposed to be. If that's kind of, if that kind of makes sense, like he's got a cannon for an arm. He's got reliable legs that can pick you up first downs. He's like six, five, two thirty-five. He's like jacked. I mean, he's exactly what you're, what you look for in like a modern QB and he and Wentz, I think are, are not too dissimilar. Um, so I, I think Brian Duvall, if there's anybody who's going to get Wentz back on track, it's going to be Duvall. Again, I don't know if Duvall wants to come to Philadelphia because it's certainly not, not a good job at all, but I, he'd, he'd be my prediction for that, for that spot. What about you? Here's the thing. I pride myself on being accurate. I try to put my own preferences aside to just give you what I think is probably going to happen. But for this Eagles one, I have no idea what they're doing down in Philadelphia. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. So I just went with 
the one that is the most random. I thought we'll have one wild card. Eagles are the wild card here. I went with Lincoln Riley. Wow. You got Jalen Hurts on the roster. And I, they've got that connection there. I know I've there have been reports that it is Lincoln Riley's job if he wants it. Mm-hmm. So the question is, if he wants it, he probably doesn't want it because yeah, Oklahoma runs the Big 12, or one of the college football powers. So I, if I was him, I wouldn't leave Oklahoma for the Eagles. But they do have that connection. He does have a good relationship with management. At least that's what I heard. Mm-hmm. So that's my total wild card. I think he could make Jalen Hurts a great player. I think he knows how to make receivers look out, really stand out, which is what they need. So that's my wild card. Yeah, that's uh, that's certainly that's certainly a possibility. That's what most of the reports are saying. Is you're right. It's definitely it's his job for the taking if he wants it. Um, I'm I'm interested to see as a Big Twelve guy because like Cliff Kingsbury came out of college. What was that? That was the year Murray got drafted. So if he was second year, so that was that was in 2019, the end of the 2019 season when when they when the Cardinals. No, it was the beginning of the 2019 season when the Carl's Cardinals hired. Cliff Kingsbury um and he's done okay so far I mean they had a winning season this year he didn't make the playoffs with some good talent on the roster but the offense has been has been chugging along so I think if someone like him can be successful in the NFL coming from like a mediocre big 12 team but just that ran air raid all the time I I wouldn't be shocked if uh if Lincoln Riley has a lot of success here in Philadelphia my biggest again it's the similar with the Urban Meyer situation like I think it would be a very successful pairing I just don't know if it will actually happen. Like if Lincoln, like if Lincoln Riley actually wants to leave Oklahoma where he's probably getting paid like tons of money to win the big 12 every year. Apologies, Iowa state guy, but he just runs the big 12 at this point. Um, And to, to have like great talent on his roster, like every year he's probably got an AD that doesn't really care that much. That's, that's what I look at the Eagles job. And I worry about like the Eagles ownership and the Eagles, like, front office, like Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie, like, they let Jeffrey Lurie especially, like, he thinks he's a football guy, but he's not really. So he tries to, like, basically be his own GM with Howie Roseman at his side and, like, tries to, like, pull strings and stuff like that, that that don't end up working. Like, as you can see, they're paying Javon Hargrave, like, $13 million a year to get one sack and, like, 15 tackles. It's it's a disaster. But, I mean, maybe he won't – I don't know if he'll, he'll respond well, like I said, to the hands-on ownership – but he certainly would be, I think, really successful if he came to Philadelphia. He's got he's got speedy guy like Jalen Rager. He's got speedy guy like Sean Jackson, big guy and Alshon Jeffrey. He's got Zacherts and Dallas Goddard, which is possibly the best tight end pairing in the league. Um, yeah, and he is Jalen Hurts, who he made a Heisman uh, Heisman contender. So he certainly would uh, would be pretty successful in in uh, in Philadelphia. That is it for our head coaching carousel section of the podcast. And now we move on to another college-esque topic. We move on to a mock draft. It is January 13th, so that means it is prime mock draft season. We're far enough away from the draft that not nothing is set in stone, but we're not so far away that uh, that it's like not worth predicting. We have the first – I think we have the first oh, – I've got to do math here. I think we have the first 18 picks sorted. Uh, we're, we were going to go through the first 15, but we could go through the first 18 if you want to, but, uh, but we should probably just start off with number one. I think this is, we didn't get any matches in the, in a head coaching one, but I'd be pretty confident to say we matched here. Uh, shock horror. I've gone with Trevor Lawrence to be picked number one by the Jacksonville Jaguars. What a bold pick. I thought 
Zach Wilson. No, I'm kidding. I went with Trevor Lawrence <laughs> too. But I think Zach Wilson's pretty good. But yeah, I mean, it's clear he could have thrown ten interceptions in in three straight games last year, and he still would have went number one. Yeah. Like that's how much of a consensus number one pick he is, mm-hmm. and how much people how people think he's going to be good, like almost like a Pro Bowl talent right off the bat. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, that's definitely in Jacksonville. They need something. It's like I don't. There's not a team with less like noise around them. Like, does anyone even follow Jacksonville? I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't I think guess, they have fans. Yeah, but so yeah, I think they need him. He's a great quarterback, about as good of a prospect as you're gonna find. So yeah, easy pick. Yeah, this is the people are saying he's like a general. I mean, he's 6'6, 220 as a college, what, junior, redshirt, junior or redshirt junior? I don't know. But still, he is just, he's like a physical specimen. He is, he's insanely talented. So this is kind of like a consensus number one. Although I was in my mind, and this is going to give away my second pick, but after I watched Justin Fields beat Clemson in the semi final in the amazing way he played, I was thinking, if Fields like lights it up in the national championship game, which he didn't, obviously they lost, but if Fields lights it up in the national championship game, like he did against Clemson, I think there could be some discussion to be had about him being the number one overall uh, quarterback. But right now it's just, it's Lawrence, no doubt. I mean, he has struggled in massive games in his, in his college career. Yeah. He won a, he won the national title uh, as a, as either a freshman or a sophomore and he played really well, but the year after in the semifinals, he's he lost to, um, he lost to Alabama when they were the one. No, that was Kelly Bryant. I take that back. But he has he has struggled in big games. I mean, he got shreked. He got murdered by uh, Justin Fields. Justin Fields is like a broken rib this year. But, I mean, there's still, I think, despite all that, there's no doubt he's the best quarterback in this class. For my pick number two, again, I kind of gave this away with my, uh, with my head coach pick with Greg Roman. I've gone with Justin Fields. He's a great running quarterback. He's, he's This is his first full season of college football. Like, it's crazy to say that, but this is like, his is like he came to Ohio State last year and was just getting into the system when the season started. And then he was he was at Georgia the year before. This year there's COVID. So he's never really had like a full, complete season to be settled in. And I thought he played really well this year. Yeah, again, there's some big game concerns. He really struggled against Northwestern. But I think he kind of put that all to bed in with his semifinal performance versus Trevor Lawrence, the guy who's going to be picked one ahead of him. So, yeah, I've, I've gone with Fields here. Uh, any Any dispute from the peanut gallery? No, I have Justin Fields as well. He's also a good prospect. He'd go number one a lot of years. Mm-hmm. So, um, the Jets, I think they need something. Sam Donald, I I don't think trading down for the Jets and keeping Sam Donald, and if you can get a load of picks, I don't necessarily think that's a horrible idea, but I don't think they'll do it. Mm-hmm. And I think they would take Justin Fields absolutely over anyone else with that number two pick. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've like abstained from trades in this uh, in this mock. I mean, if there were, again, I wouldn't be surprised if if New York moved down. But I mean, you just look at the roster and and you look at the way, like Andy Dalton again, Bengals Bengals fan, a little bit biased, but Andy Dalton was like okay quarterback. Like he was he was the kind of guy in Cincinnati where if you were surrounded him with good players, he would be good because the players around him elevate him. He wasn't the guy who elevated the players around him. He was struggling. Like he could have been their starter for one more year. Like the Bengals could have taken chase young 
tanked and then taken Lawrence. But you just like, you saw what Joe Burrow did to that offense. You see what like these generational QBs do to their, like even Kyler Murray, he isn't as generational as like Lawrence or Burrow, but he totally like rejuvenated that, that uh, Arizona offense in his, in his rookie year with his legs and with his arm. I mean, just at this point, it's like a quarterback's game. So if you want to get better, I think the first position to improve in is a quarterback. Like even if you have a mediocre one, or I mean, Sam Darnold's kind of mediocre at this point. And I guess if you can get like three first round picks to trade down, but I don't see anyone doing that. So I think that, I think that a quarterback needs to be the play here for New York. Um, I have a number three. Uh, it's the Miami dolphins. They have some quarterback controversy themselves. Uh, they have two at Tagovailoa, obviously who they picked at number five or number three, they picked them at number five last year. Um, he struggled in his rookie year and there are some reports today that from the Miami Herald that, uh, the roster around him doesn't trust him much as their QB. Brian Flores seems to like Fitzpatrick a bit more, but in the end, I think it's either going to be Tua or it's going to be Deshaun Watson starting for the, for the dolphins next year. So quarterback will not be a need because if they're, if they're not trading Tua for Watson, that means they're committed enough to Tua not to draft a quarterback. So I have taken, Devonta Smith with the third overall pick here. I mean, that might surprise some people, but the guy did win the Heisman. I get he's 6'1", 175, and, but he's just so freaking good, man. Like the the final, he was lighting up that Ohio State uh, defense who had just like totally strapped up on Clemson's offense, which had been one of the best in the in the country throughout the season, like the week prior. So I've gone with Smith here. If he's, I don't, if he, is he a better pro, uh, prospect than Chase? I don't know. But Chase didn't play it all this year, and Smith won the Heisman. So I think that that, and especially with recency bias, I've gone with Smith here for three. Uh, have you differed at all? Well, Miami, this is a fun one because I might be an old man by the time they get another pick this high. I mm-hmm. mean, they're really building something great there. So I totally agree with you. It's either going to be Tua or Deshaun Watson. So there was a little talk, maybe quarterback, maybe they take like Zach Wilson. Now I don't think so. And I think they need a wide receiver. So I went with the obvious pick, Jamali Chase. Mm. I mean, here's the thing. People might hammer me for this. I don't know if people talk about it, but I might get hammered for this. It's very interesting. I think where you go to college matters. Okay. Yeah. And like, if you look. Alabama quarterbacks, Ohio State quarterbacks, they don't have this great history in the NFL despite being amazing in college. And mm-hmm. LSU, we saw Justin Jefferson, okay? I just want to point this out. Mm-hmm. Could Jamali Chase be that level of success as well? Yeah. I think so. Coming into the season, he was a much higher-rated prospect than Devontae Smith. And so I, I just went with that. And I think he would be great with Miami. And, and if Two was their guy. They could probably go with Devontae Smith because of that Alabama connection. But mm-hmm. I kind of think they're going to have Deshaun Watson. So I went with Jamari Chase. Yeah, that's that's obviously – like, again, I think this is a coin flip. I mean, I don't think they go for, for Penny Sewell for Morgan. I mean, they could, obviously. Uh, but I don't think they will. I think they, they're kind of, they're in a position of luxury where they can get, they can get a tackle, obviously not as good as, as Sewell, but good enough to pass at pick 18. Like all the way down the board because the tackle class is really stacked this year. Um, so I think they can go super luxury here at three. I think it's, I do agree where, where, where you go to college definitely matters. Um, and chase chase was the best receiver on that team last year, a team that a lot of people are calling the best college football team, like of the college football playoff era, or even of all time. 
Um, but I mean, I've just gone with Smith. I just think recency bias is, is, uh, is pretty prominent in the NFL and he did just win the Heisman. So I, again, it's, it's a coin flip, um, for four, for pick number four, I have gone, I've gone pretty aggressive here. Again, I made that bold prediction in the coaching carousel, uh, where there's like a crazy double trade, um, or there's, there's some way that Matt Ryan is not on the Falcons next year. I just don't think he, maybe Julio's on the Falcons, but Matt Ryan is not going to be on the Falcons next year. You know what that means? Falcons need a QB. You know who's available? Zach Wilson from BYU, the junior, 6'3", 210. He's not on the tallest side, but he's got a cannon for an arm, and he's got really strong legs. Uh, he's a confident player. I mean, he went from a day three prospect to a top 10 talent. He's, he's really great. And with BYU's breakout season this year, he's obviously been at the forefront. I think that Atlanta wants to new, move in a new direction as a franchise. And I think Zach Wilson would be the perfect guy to start that, even with somebody, even like with a low-level coach like Arthur Morris in charge. So I've gone with a pretty aggressive pick here. I've gone with Zach Wilson. Uh, what have you gone with? I also went with Zach Wilson. I think Whoa. One of- have we matched all three quarterbacks in this one so far? Yes. Wow. Look at us. We're so in sync. We definitely didn't discuss this before the show. No, we genuinely did not discuss this. There's going to, they're going to do one of two things with Matt Ryan. They're going to either one start him for one year this year, have Zach Wilson sit behind him for one year or two mm-hmm. trade him. And I do think if he does get traded, the San Francisco 49ers are the most likely destination with Kyle Shanahan and all that. But um, yeah, I kind of talked about this last pick with, college if you look uh, most of the top quarterbacks did -hmm. not go to schools with all these nfl talent and guess what Mm -hmm. zach wilson did not have nfl receivers to work with you just don't have a school like byu yeah so and he still made him a ranked team so i think to me that is impressive and it's something that i do have to take into consideration and he is just a very interesting prospect because I want, I don't watch a lot of BYU, but I watched their bowl game mm-hmm. and he just threw these absolute, he just chucked throws up from like 50 yards and it fell right into the receiver's hands like every time. So it's very mm-hmm. interesting. And yeah, so I think he's a great prospect. We always have a quarterback who jumps up. Last year was Joe Burrow, this year, I think Zach Wilson. Yeah. And I, I think he's going to have a good NFL career. I just want to say one thing. I think he's going to have a better NFL career than Justin Fields. Wow. That's, 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 that's a bit of a hot take there, but I hear what you're saying. Like he did not have NFL talent around him. He played really well. I watched, I mean, again, I feel like I've said this with every single quarterback. There are some big game concerns to me. Obviously he played pretty well in his bowl game versus versus coastal Carolina though, versus the Canticleers. I watched that entire game. Cause it was like, two top 15 teams playing each other on like ESPNU on like a Saturday night at five 30. Like the game nobody watches is actually an amazing game, but he played all right. I mean, he played really well in the first half, but he made some stupid throws. He threw a couple bad interceptions. He took a bad, he cut, took a few bad sacks again. How much of that can you put to his teammates? I don't know. So he, I could see, I think there's no way him and fields are both great. One of them is going to be a bust at this point. I'm saying Wilson is more likely to be a bust than fields. I think they're both talented, but it's just going to matter like who's going to make that bigger jump. I've, I'm sticking with Zach Wilson as my four as my fourth overall pick here. I think he's the he's the fourth best prospect in this draft. He's really talented. I'm just I'm just a bit worried about the big game concerns, but obviously they're going to take him. He's good. If you didn't have NFL players around him in college, he could be even better in the NFL. You don't know, especially if uh, 
If he sits here, then he comes back with like Calvin Ridley in his prime, Hayden Hurst in probably his prime. I mean, that, that'll be a, that'll be a decent Falcons team if he sits and then plays. But if he plays right away, I, I could see like a Tua esque first year for him. Uh, for number five, I've it's my Bengals. Uh, so I will reveal my pick. This is pretty obvious here. If you've been paying attention, nobody's picked Penny Sewell, AKA the best tackle in the draft. You know what the Bengals need really badly? Offensive line. Burrow got killed this year, literally and figuratively behind that horrible offensive line. That's about as, uh, about as sturdy as wet paper. Um, so they're going to badly need offensive linemen. I think that the best case scenario for them is they buy good offensive linemen and free agency basically. And then they can draft luxury, like draft Kyle Pitts. You could draft Jamar, I mean, Jamar Chase is available here, but I think if if Chase, Pitts, and Sewell are all avail- available, Sewell is just like the best offensive tackle prospect anybody's seen in years, man. I mean, in that entire offensive line, their biggest holes are at guard, but they can whack Sewell at left tackle, swing Will- sing- swing Jonah Williams, who's uh, technically was a rookie last year, to right tackle, and that'll be that'll be a great line. I think if they just if they buy if they pay money for a guard, they draft Sewell, they swing. Uh, Williams to the other side, Bobby Hart, their right tackle right now. I'm going to be a swing tackle. I mean, I think that can be a really good offensive line, but, uh, but yeah, I've gone, I've gone with Sewell in this draft. Yep. I went with Sewell too. It, it was the obvious pick. It was almost as obvious as Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. When the Bengals originally fell the fifth, I was like, I don't think he's going to be there. I'm kind of looking at how it fills out. I think Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields and Zach Wilson are going to go in the top four. Mm-hmm. to respectively the Jaguars, Jets, and Falcons. Mm-hmm. So it's really Miami because Miami's offensive line isn't great. So if he can get past Miami, he'll call the Cincinnati. Yeah. And, I mean, they need offensive line. You, I am just would be repeating what you said. Below, I'm worried he's going to die out there if they don't get some help. Honestly, so, right. yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's the obvious pick. He's one of the best tackle prospects we've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. So he's easy pick yeah that's all i have to say yeah yeah he's uh he's really great um i think yeah the the team will be instantly better if they can just get that good offensive line in um moving on to six again if we had trade if i was like doing if i was putting trades in here i think i think miami would have traded down i think Miami would have traded down and the team that move up would have taken Wilson. I think the Falcons would have taken Sewell. I think the Bengals would have traded down. The Eagles are, there's a lot of teams that can trade down in this, in this top six, but the Eagles coming up next and the, uh, the Dolphins took Devonta Smith. The Falcons took Zach Wilson. The Bengals took uh Sewell. This leaves, this leaves a lot of positions on the board. This leads Kyle Pitts on the board. This leaves Jamar chase on the board. Uh, Micah, Micah Parsons or Persons. I don't know how you say his name. I think it's Parsons, who's a linebacker. But the Eagles really don't value linebackers at all. They don't need a tight end. They have Ertz. They have Goddard. I think the obvious pick here is Jamar Chase. They need a wide receiver so badly. And as much as I think it would be best for the team if they if they traded Wentz Hurts, got a bunch of picks, then traded down from six and picked Trey Lance, because we all know how well NDSU quarterbacks do uh, do in Philadelphia. Um, and then pay, take, took receivers like the second round and stuff. I think that would be best for the team long-term, but if I'm predicting on what I think will happen, I think there is no doubt in my mind, they take a receiver here. And for me, the best one on the board is Jamar chase. Uh, like I said, he didn't play last year, but he's got crazy talent. He was the best receiver on possibly the best college football team of all time. He's six foot, 200 pounds. There's some concerns about his top end speed, but as long as he runs anything faster than a, if he runs anything faster than a four or five, 
he's doing just fine. So I think that I think that he's the obvious pick here. Uh, have you gone with the receiver, or have you have you strayed from the norm? Yeah, we just switched. You know, I took Chase to the Dolphins. I have Devontae Smith here at the mm-hmm. Eagles. Mm-hmm. The receivers, I don't know. You look at the names, and you would think it's a pretty good receiving core, but it's just not. It's not, no. And so they need help. He Obviously, if you win the Heisman as a receiver, you, you've got something special. So, and they just, I think they need some speed and that's what Devontae Smith brings. They need some, just, they need, they just need weapons. And Devontae Smith is without question by far the best weapon on the board. Yeah. I mean, Alabama, could it be called wide receiver you? I wouldn't necessarily go that far, but they have, they have guys like Jalen Waddle in this class. Who's undoubtedly a first round pick. They have Henry Ruggs. They have Jerry Judy, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. They both went to Alabama. They're both doing great. Um, I just think that you can't you can't necessarily always go you can't go wrong picking a wide receiver from uh, from Alabama. So that would be a great pick for uh, for the Eagles in that situation. Because I have him taken higher, I obviously have Chase here, but there is no doubt they go wide receiver. Alshon Jeffries wash. JJ Arthago Whiteside was a disaster. Jalen Rager can't catch or block and does not try that hard. They need somebody to uh, stabilize that locker room. And I think Jamar Chase will be, he'll be the guy. Um, pick number seven, uh, the Detroit Lions. Again, similar to the Bengals, possibly the most depressing franchise to support in the league. Mm, Jacksonville's up there too. Uh, they, like I said, I have them taking a defensive coach in my coaching carousel section of the podcast. So I've gone with a defensive player. I've gone with Micah Parsons. They took Jeff Okuda uh, last year, who did okay, but got hurt halfway through the season and missed game time. Parsons is is the is like a top five prospect in this draft. He's the best at his position by a million miles. The Lions could really use someone to command that defense with Sela. I think Parsons is the play here for uh for Detroit. Uh, what do you think? Well, this has to be some kind of record because I also have Parsons here. Wow, this is just simply. I mean, th- that being said, the top seven of this draft is pretty obvious. Who's going? You basically know the seven players are going to be taken. It's just about getting the order right. But uh, but yeah, that is pretty crazy. Definitely. Yeah, I just the Lions. It's interesting. People keep saying they need to take a quarterback. Matthew mm-hmm. Stafford's good, and he's not old. I don't mm-hmm. really get that. He's the one thing on their team that isn't dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. So I don't get that. And obviously, I don't think they take Trey Lance over yeah. keeping Matthew Stafford. And I just don't think Zach Wilson falls to seven. Mm-hmm. They could trade up, but I didn't do that. So yeah, Parsons. They need some defensive help. And he's the best prospect available, so I think it's pretty obvious there. Yeah, I think he's 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 uh he's certainly like I've said the play here. I mean, also you know someone to watch out for. This could be the first time in a long time where ten juniors are taken. The first ten players in the draft are all juniors. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is a junior. Uh, uh, Justin Fields is a junior, I believe. Let me find him here on my board. Yeah, Justin Fields is a junior. Uh, Devonta Smith Jr., Penny Sewell's Jr., Zach Wilson's Jr., Chase's Jr., P- Parsons is a Jr. Um, for my eighth pick, uh, I have gone with Patrick Certain the uh, second from Alabama, another junior. He's uh, this this pick is going to Carolina again. If we're doing trades, I think Carolina are definitely a candidate to trade down because they they might want to pick a QB, but they also might want to accumulate draft capital before they do that. And you don't want to reach on someone this high that just doesn't end well. Um, so I've gone with Patrick Certain. Uh, him and Farley, Caleb Farley, Caleb, Caleb Farley, the Virginia Tech corner. They're really kind of, you can flip them back and forth uh, in this draft. I think they're both 
they're both pretty it's they're pretty interchangeable at one and two in their position but uh Dante Jackson and Rasul Douglas and Rasul Douglas on the Panthers were solid at times this season but uh, but Jackson's free agent after 2021 and Rasul hits free agency this spring um Farley is just really good he's a former wide receiver he's big he's physical he's 6'2 which is massive for a quarterback uh, he's got big play potential with pick sixes and and shutting down big plays on the other side. I just think he's the he's a he's great, but Patrick Certain is better. I mean, Patrick Certain's six two and he's heavier, so he's going to be much stronger. Uh, I Certain's the pick for me here at number eight for Carolina. Yep. So I did not want to go trade heavy, but mm-hmm. I did one trade, and okay. it was here. I have the 49ers trading up here and taking Trey Lance. Yeah, that makes sense. If they do not get Matt Ryan, which mm-hmm. in the NFL free agency comes first in the trade. So we'll know. I think they do get a quarterback. Jimmy G, he can't stay healthy and he's not great even when he is available. Mm-hmm. And we've seen with what they have Jimmy G do, they don't need a superstar to be yeah. great. Yeah. They don't. So I just think they need someone who can stay healthy and take care of the ball mm-hmm. and maybe make. I, they don't need much more than that. And I think Trey Lance is, we've seen him. He was a good prospect. And I mean, it just makes sense. Cause I don't think they keep Jimmy G. So I think they just say, let's just get a quarterback who can be capable and who has some ceiling, like has some potential and Trey Lance before the season started was like top five. Mm-hmm. So I think it makes sense for them to just go there. Yeah, I agree. Um, Trey Lance is, is a great quarterback. That, that again, would make a lot of sense. I'm not doing trades in my section, but that certainly – that is definitely a move to watch. Um, that is Trey Lance. Trey Lance is probably the next best QB in this class. There's not really any – there's, like, there's the top three. There's him, there's Gap, and there's, like, the Matt Jones, Kyle Trask, like, section. Um, but I've gone with certain at eight, and uh, I, I've i gone with Lance at nine. I, I mean, I think Lance is pretty good, um, and – Obviously, Drew Locke is he's he's done okay, and we know how John Elway does. Although he did step down, but we know how the Broncos in generally go with QBs. Locke struggled this year to me. I mean, they gave him pretty good weapons around him. They had KJ Hamler, they had Jerry Judy, Melvin Gordon, and Philip Lindsay in the backfield. A good O line, and he still just massively struggled. Struggled. So to me, I think their best bet again. It's like a QB can elevate your team. You can have an okay one in place to begin with but a good QB can elevate your team. And I think Trey Lance is the guy for, uh, for Denver. So I've gone him with, uh, with my ninth pick. Yeah. So I think they give Drew Locke another shot. I, sorry, I can't remember his name, but like their number one receiver went out for the season, like second game of the second Gordon game. Sutton, so I think, yeah, 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 yeah. So they had, and Von Miller was out. So they just had a lot of injuries. I thought mm-hmm. they were heavy playoff contenders before all those injuries. So I think, it would be fair to give him another year. And I have Trey Lance off the board and I do not think you take Matt Jones this high. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I went with Caleb Farley mm-hmm. from Virginia tech, just great corner. Like you said, with the guy from Alabama, you can, it's a coin flip. You can do whatever you want, mm-hmm. but he was the higher prospect going into the season. And I don't believe he played this year, but I can't be totally sure. Yeah. Um, so we don't really know there, but he's a great cornerback prospect. So I think the Broncos just take him. Yeah. Um, again, like the, the Broncos are in an interesting position. They could give Locke another year and they could take a corner because a corner is need for them. Uh, I have, I, like I said, I, I have certain going to eight, but Farley could certainly go to nine. Again, these two are just completely interchangeable. 
between them. So that's certainly a possibility for, uh, for Denver, um, for the Cowboys, the Cowboys are interesting. They need O line and uh, Rashawn Slater's on the board, but, but I've gone with Caleb Farley. They need a cornerback just as much. They, they struggled versus versus like top talent receivers this year. And their defense was just such a disaster against the run. They could use a good tackler on the edge and, and, uh, and Farley's all the above. So like I said, Farley, Farley's good. Again, I don't remember exactly who played this year, like you said, but he's a former receiver. He's big. He's physical. I think he's, he's everything this Dallas, this Dallas defense is, is looking for. Uh, have you, what have you gone with uh, for America's team? Um, I don't know, because like you said, they could go offensive line. I went with defense. I went with Quiddy Pay from Michigan defensive mm, yeah. line. I think he's a good prospect and they really, well, that defense is just, I don't know what was wrong with it. I know they got Dan Quinn now, so maybe he can mm-hmm. fix that defense up. But I think that I don't really know much about him, but I think you just go with that one because their defense really, it needs kind of an anchor. So I think you go with him. Yeah. Uh, Pay is certainly, is certainly a good, uh, a good pick for them there. You're right. They do need like some run stuffing in the middle. Um, I've, I've actually gone with Pay for my next pick. For the Giants, um, I think he could be he could be a good. Uh, he's the best defensive lineman in the class, I think, by by pretty long. Um, the Giants' defense they they showed signs of life, I definitely at times during the season. But the unit, you know, like the entire team, basically, kind of came like crashing back down to earth in the final few weeks. They had that good win over uh, over uh, Dallas at the end of the season, and they could have made the playoffs, but they didn't. Um, and I think finding a pass rush is going to be at the top of their to do list this offseason and uh, and pay who's an athletic Marvel. He fits like exactly what they need on their D line. So I'm going with him. He's just, he's, he's the first senior taken in this draft, but uh, he's six four two seventy two, which is, which is some pretty good attributes to look for. So I've gone with him for pick 11 in the New York giants. I went with a very interesting one. One of the people, they know their name. I went with Kyle Pitts. Mm, wow. So I'm looking here. I'm looking at my notes and Evan Ingram made the pro bowl. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. He, he made the Pro Bowl, it. but like he wasn't good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, and he's also a free agent. So in Kyle Pitts, I mean, tight ends don't get drafted this high. He's mm-hmm. a generational tight end talent. And I think you just, Daniel Jones is interesting because I think his time was starting to run. Like we need to see if he can lead a team to the playoffs yet. So, mm-hmm. I think you give him another weapon. See, okay, they get Saquon Barkley back. We're giving you all these weapons. Mm-hmm. Can you do it? Yeah. And if he, so, yeah. Yeah, I think um, he was taken in the class after him. So Daniel Jones is definitely in like a Drew Locke level, like make or break here this year for him. Um, that would make sense. That certainly would make sense to give him to give him a weapon like that. And again, they Evan Ingram, like you said, made the Pro Bowl, but he wasn't that great. He really struggled with drops. And and Pitts is really talented. So, uh, so that certainly, uh, that certainly rings true. The Giants drafted Andrew Thomas last year with the third overall pick or the fourth. I think it was the fourth overall pick. Um, but, and I've actually gone with an O-lineman for my next pick as well. San Francisco 49ers. Again, this could be pretty crazy, but I've gone with, uh, with Slater, uh, Rashawn Slater, the offense lineman from Northwestern. Uh, he's, he's, he's a junior. Um, he didn't play this year, but he's kind of in the same boat as Sewell. He's not as good as Sewell, but he's, he's still really talented. He didn't play this year. And I think he's him falling this far to San Francisco is a blessing. 
the San Francisco gave up that draft pick for Trent Williams in the offseason, but Williams is really getting up there and he's a free agent. Um, so I think their best bet, honestly, would be considering their cap situation would be to pick Slater here, pay him much less than what they would have to pay Williams to bring him back and re- reallocate their money elsewhere on the offensive side of the ball. So I've gone offensive line. Where have you gone for this uh, San Francisco team? Well, with my one trade, I've got the Panthers picking here. Mm-hmm. So I went with Jeremiah Owusu. He is the linebacker, and that was undoubtedly the worst part of that Carolina team. Yeah. And he's not a great prospect. I mean, there's people better than him at this point in the draft, but I think it's at the point where a linebacker is such a need. They just go with him because he is the best linebacker available. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I said, it was did it with a trade. So I don't know. I just went with that because they need linebacker help. Yeah, uh, that's that's certainly a possibility um, for uh, for the Panthers. Like I had the Panthers going with certain at corner, so they they do need defensive help in many ways. With Luke Keekley retiring, a linebacker would be great for them. I've I've also gone with a linebacker for uh, for pick thirteen, which is Chargers. But I've gone with an edge rusher linebacker, not a middle of the field linebacker. I've gone with Gregory Rosso. I think is how you say his name. The edge uh, rusher, he's actually a sophomore, but he is six foot seven, 265, and he had 15 and a half sacks last season. He's coming from Miami. He is good. He is the 14th best prospect in this draft, according to Mel Kuyper's big board. He's the best edge rusher in this draft by a million miles. And I think that the Chargers would be so happy if he fell here for them because he he is really talented and he's exactly what they're looking for. Melvin Ingram is getting old. I think this would be the perfect pick for Los Angeles. Uh, who have you gone with here for uh, for the City of Angels? Well, Los Angeles is interesting. I think they can, like you said, when we did the coaching carousel, I think they can make mm-hmm. a playoff push. They're getting Derwin James back. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just going to get healthy. So I think they, I went with Rashawn Slater. I think mm-hmm. offensive line is one of their biggest needs, and he is still on the board at this point, and he's a very good prospect. Yeah. So I think they just they say we need to protect Justin Herbert because he is our future. He is great. So let's just go with an offensive lineman to mm-hmm. protect him. So the Chargers yeah. don't need a lot of needs. So I went with that. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, they don't have many holes, but you know, one of their holes is that is that offensive line. Pick 14 is the Minnesota Vikings. Um, their Vikings are certainly an interesting situation. Kirk Cousins is in the last year of his fully guaranteed deal. He's playing all right, but again, he struggled in big games. He could be the future. He could not be. There aren't really any QBs. I think you take so you take that high because we've already. T- I've already taken Lance. Uh, I've already taken Lance off the board. I've taken Wilson Fields and Lawrence off the board. Mac Jones to me is like not someone you pick inside the top eighteen. He's talented, but he's got a great team around him. Um, as is as is uh, as is um, blanking on his name. As is what's the Florida guy? Tra- Trask. I've I've actually uh, I've gone with Kyle Pitts here. I've gone with Kyle Pitts fourteen. Um, I think the Cardinals in this situation in real life, if this was happening, I think the Cardinals would want to jump up because the Cardinals need a tight end pretty bad. Uh, and, and Kyle Pitts would be great at 14 for them, but there's, there's no trading. So I've gone with Kyle Pitts at 14 for, uh, for Minnesota. He's like you said, he's a generational tight end talent. He's possibly the best pass catcher in this draft. Obviously that's kind of crazy to say with chase and uh, chase and, and chase and uh, Devonte Smith, but he's Pitts is huge. He's six, six to 40 got great hands he can play he's so fast he can play receiver at that at that uh side so he can also play tight end there's some there's some worries about his blocking but i mean in today's nfl what tight ends really do block much anymore 
So, uh, so yeah, I've gone with, uh, I've gone to Pitts there at 14 for that Minnesota team. I, uh, I give Kirk Cousins a weapon in what is his last, which, what could be his last year in Minnesota. Uh, where have you gone? Yeah. So we know the Vikings usually are pretty good at defense. They struggled this year. So I went with Gregory Rosu or however you say his last name. Mm-hmm. I think you already had him off the board, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. So again, they need an edge rusher linebacker. One of those positions is probably the position of need the most. They really, cause Minnesota, if Minnesota is going to be good, just with how they are, they need a, good defense. Cause that's just how Mike Zimmer is. So I mm-hmm. think you just focus on building up that defense. Yeah, that, that would make sense. Um, that's what like CBS and, and, uh, and ESPN mock drafts having that's a, that's like a safe pick there. Like I said, Ross Rosso is uh, is massive. He's like a, he's a unit of a prospect. I mean, he's, he would be good for that defense, especially considering the, the struggles that they've had um, for the pick 15. Again, this is like the fifth time I've said this, but if I have trades, the new England are trading down and taking Mac Jones. There's no trades. So they're sitting still and taking Mac Jones. This is pretty high for the, for the Alabama QB. You had a lot of great weapons around him, but I think new England just needs a quarterback so badly. They just need one so badly. They, they have to reach for one here. You can't wait and hope and hope. Uh, I forgot his name again. Kyle Trask falls to you in the second round. It's just, I think you have to go QB here and, and I'm going with Mac Jones. He isn't really known for his athleticism, but he's a first round talent. Um, and New England just needs a QB so badly. So I've gone with him here. Yeah, it's interesting. I agree they need a QB. I just think this, this is interesting because obviously both of us have Jimmy G not being the starting quarterback next year for the 49ers. Mm-hmm. So I think they could go get him back. They could maybe trade for Stafford or Deshaun Watson or, or wins. I don't know. There's just options. And I think they need weapons. I went with Jalen Waddle. Yeah. I mean, like, they just, the receivers, they're just, they, I, I don't know. Bill Belichick, he's a great coach, one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. But, man, drafting receivers, it's just, he's not fantastic at it, to say the yeah. least. So, I think Waddle, at this point, he's still on the board. He's mm-hmm. a safe pick. Like, everyone agrees Waddle will be a good NFL receiver. So, yeah. I think you just say, let's go safe. We need a weapon. Like you said, I don't think Mac Jones, I wouldn't take him this high. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going Waddle safe pick. Yeah. Like if I'm a, if I'm new England, like if I'm trying to, if I am new, if I am the new England GM and I'm trying to succeed, I'm not taking Mac Jones here. I'm trading down or I'm just like, I'm like you said, I'm taking, I'm taking a weapon. I'm taking a receiver. I'm getting a QB in the second round. I'm signing one. I'm maybe trading for Jimmy G. I don't know, but I just think that what they will do is take Mac Jones just because they need a QB so bad, man. Cam Newton is not the answer. Neither is Jared Stidham. So I've gone with QB there for, uh, for the 16th pick of the draft in the Arizona Cardinals. I have gone with a bit of a flyer here. Jason Oa. He is an edge rusher from Penn state. He's a sophomore and he is raw as all get out, but he is a freakish athlete. I wouldn't be surprised if he runs four, four as an edge rusher um, in this, uh, in this, in this upcoming combine. So the Cardinals are a kind of team, especially recently who like to draft like fun, exciting, crazy raw players. And, and, uh, and Oh, was kind of the best raw player here on the board. So I think the Cardinals do need some edge rushing help with Chandler Jones and his injury concerns. So, uh, so I've gone with edge rusher here for the Cardinals. 
Yep, Cardinals went with a cornerback. I still am looking. I still have Patrick Sutton on the board. Yeah. So I am going to go with him. I think they have Buda Baker, but he's a safety. So mm-hmm. I think they really need that cornerback, get that secondary, really mm-hmm. build it up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just take that. Cardinals don't need much. I just think the Cardinals need experience more than anything. Yeah. So you just go with that. Like, he's a, I still have him on the board. He probably won't be on the board at this point. So I think if he does fall to Arizona, they're like, wow, that's mm-hmm. a really good prospect still on the board here. Yeah, that would be massive for Arizona. Yeah, that makes sense. You're right. They do, they do need a little bit of help on that back end. Um, Patrick Peterson's getting old. Buda Baker's a safety. Um, that again, uh, that's certainly a possibility. Um, switching to the AFC West. Now we have the Las Vegas Raiders and the Raiders are interesting. They need defensive help pretty bad, but there's not really any crazy good linebackers or, or receivers. I'm not receivers. There's not any crazy good linebackers or D linemen or anything. Um, so I'm actually going to reach a bit here. I'm going to go for Christian Barmore. Uh, the sophomore from Alabama, he's 6'5", 310. He's considered a nose tackle. So that's already pretty great. I mean, yeah, his weight might be in question, so they might want to shift him to the outside, but he's 6'5", which is massive. Um, they they just need defensive help so badly, I think they're they're prepared to reach. They reached badly last season for – oh, they took some corner, and I forgot, I forget his name exactly, but they reached badly for someone, I remember. Um, so they can't really go luxury here. They have to go defense. So I am going with Christian Barmore from Alabama. Yeah, if yeah, definitely one guarantee in this draft is that the Raiders go defense here. Their offense is fine, but their defense, besides Max Crosby, their defense, mm-hmm. they have nothing. Yeah, it's it's not good. So I went with a corner. I don't know their corner situation a lot, but I don't think it's great. So I went with J.C. Horn out of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. He is the best corner available now that Stoughton's gone. And I don't know. I just don't know what to say. They need defensive help. And I think he is probably the best defensive prospect available. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, that, that makes sense. They I mean, it's like a, it's defense. You cannot go luxury here. Um, one team that can go luxury is the one right after him in Miami. But I don't think they will. Najee Harris is there. But it's 2021, and running backs are really easy to get. You're, it's really easy to get an average running back because you're not spending a top 18 pick on running back. I've gone with Elijah Vera Tucker. It's Elijah, but it's like Elijah with an A. It's kind of weird. But uh, but I've gone with him. He's an offensive lineman from USC, junior, 6'4", 315. He's considered the fourth uh, fourth best offensive lineman in this draft. And after missing out earlier um, in the draft on uh, – on Penny Sewell are not missing out, but passing on Penny Sewell earlier in the draft, they get that offense line and they're looking for at 18. So, uh, so yes. So I've gone with the USC man, Elijah Vera Tucker uh, at offensive lineman for the dolphins at pick 18. Yeah. We both had the dolphins taking receiver at three. So, and we both agree offensive line. I still have Christian Davis on the board. So I'm going with him. He is mm-hmm. without question the best, offensive linemen available and like we kind of said the Dolphins don't need defense here and around this number most of the best prospects still left through defense and they don't need defense so mm-hmm. they have their they got their receiver mm-hmm. now the next step is to get an offensive lineman yeah 
It's uh, it's this is like about kind of like building up the trenches. I mean, they have their luxury at three. They can take whoever they want at three because they have that 18 pick in their back pocket. So uh, so yeah, that's the uh, that's it for the top 18 mock draft. We do not end on a match, but we pick the top five in the exact same order. So no, not in the exact same order. We pick the top two and then the four and five in the exact same order. So that's pretty impressive, all things considered. We did not discuss about this before. So uh, so that is it for today's episode of all nine yards podcast it's been a joy recording with you caleb thank you so much for coming on thank you all the listeners for tuning in and we'll see you all next time yes thank you for having me